You are the Podcast Master. That's right, everybody. It's the Podcast Master bringing you another piece of podcast excellence here this week. I don't know how I even said that with a straight face. That is so ridiculous. But anyways... Uh, excited to bring you another episode here this week. I told you from day one that this podcast was going to have some weeks where it'd be a little bit sporadic. I try to do it weekly, and I'm I'm continuing to try to do that. Those of you that follow me on social media may have noticed on my Instagram story, I made a promise to do a podcast uh, the other day. Scheduling conflicts uh, kind of kept us from recording that podcast, and that's what the beauty of life and how things work in the world. Because I'm actually talking to my friend Jake and his girlfriend Paige about not getting a chance to record the podcast I was supposed to, and he looks at me and he says, "We should do a podcast sometime." Okay, light bulb. Because this is something that I've talked about quite a bit. I've wanted to have Jake on in the past. And it just, again, scheduling has kept it from happening. So we're sitting there and I said, bingo, we're doing it right now. Let's go. So we walked upstairs, we sat down, we recorded a podcast and it's, it's so much fun. Um, Jake is a guy that helps make the PBR a success. We have so many unbelievable people behind the scenes that don't really get the, the recognition they deserve. And I really believe Jake's one of those guys. He's also a creative a creative dude. You'll hear us talk a little bit about some of the help he's putting forth with the PBR finals and some of the ideas that people will see in Las Vegas. Uh, him and his girlfriend Paige, they'll talk a little bit about relationships and some things that were kind of eye-opening to me, but uh, a whole lot of fun. I hope you guys appreciate this. When I said from day one that this podcast was going to be about a couple of things, one, helping people, and two, entertaining people. Entertaining me uh, mostly because this podcast is filled with people that I'm a fan of, and I am a huge fan of the two people that you're going to hear me talk to on this week's episode of the podcast. I hope you guys are as well when this thing is over. Don't forget to hit us up on social media, Matt L. West. Don't forget to drop us those five-star ratings and uh, you know, tell people you're listening. Leave, leave me a comment. Leave, leave us a review. Let me know what you think, what you like, what you don't like, as we always say every week. But uh, the more reviews and the more comments, the better it helps us in the podcast world continue to get the word out there to other people. And so I want to do some big, big things here in the next couple of months, and I, I want all of you to help be a part of that. So I appreciate you guys for listening. If you made it this far, man, oh, man, uh, get ready because we haven't even gotten started yet. It's going to be fun. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode. This is my conversation with the infamous Grilled Cheese and his girlfriend, Paige. IP Freely. What's the name of the book? Under the Bleachers by IP Freely. I don't think that's the name of the book. Are you sure? Are yeah, you sure that's, that's who wrote different. it? No, I'm getting that mixed up. Are you what sure, is it? Are you sure it wasn't what the, is it? Uh, the Seymour guy? Yeah, Seymour bleachers. Okay, shut up. Hey, okay, okay. You got to tell me about when we were in Fairfax, Virginia, because you started telling me uh, the story about that was a beer cracking by your other half, my better half. Um, you got to tell me the story about your your traveling partner. Yeah, it was Royce. Royce. Royce McGibbons. Okay, so for people at home, I'm sure everybody listening already knows who Royce McGibbons is. Anyone that knows anything about rodeo does. Okay, so, but we have a lot of listeners that aren't well-versed in the rodeo world, so explain to them who, who Royce is. Royce was my traveling partner back in uh, 98, 
and he finished. He had a really good year that year. He ended up finishing 77th in the world standings in the bareback riding. And ironically, he was 78th in the bronc riding. And Royce was my traveling partner. I was in all three rough sock events. And um, this is obviously a household name. I mean, he's obviously obviously a household name. 77th and 78th. It's something that I didn't talk about. When I t- when I told the story initially, but that year I was placing in all of the rough stock events, bull riding, bareback riding, bronc riding, but I was also placing in every single time event too. Really, except for the barrel racing, yeah, the women's the women's barrel racing. I had racing. no idea. I had a good year um, back in '98. Mm-hmm. See, I didn't even know. I, I and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna come across as a complete idiot. But I didn't even know you were that big into rodeo. Huge, yeah, huge, I mean, huge rodeo guy. Um, and I told a lot of people, you know, I obviously the bareback riding was my event, right? And I competed You're in built every like a bareback rider. What's that? You're built like a bareback rider. A lot of people would say so. Yeah, I, I am, I am. Um, but there was that. It was that year. It was a special year for me in '98. How so? It was a special year because it seems like I was riding everything and I was just, I was in the best shape of my life and I was focused. I was living right, working hard, and everything was set up for me to go to the NFR that year Mm -hmm. until I went to Mesquite over Cowboy Christmas and Royce McGibbons was my traveling partner. That's, I mean, like, that's the biggest stop on during Cowboy Christmas. Mesquite, Texas. Mesquite, yeah. I that's mean, one. That's a chance to be on TNN. That's one you circle on your calendar at the beginning of the that's year. Right. Is Mesquite, Texas. Everybody that's anybody knows Fourth of July. You got to hit Mesquite. And uh, you know that was a big one for me. And it just happened. So happened that I missed my mark out there. I had a really good horse draw, uh, neck lace. Yeah. Is what I was on that year. Neck lace, Mesquite. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people just call it necklace, but. Um, what are you laughing at? <laughs> Random voice from the corner of the room that nobody knows about yet. Now, what? Now, wait a minute, because if you if if she's going to be here, you got to introduce us to the rodeo queen. Yeah, this is my better half, Paige, aka the tighter chip. Okay, wait, Chip and is it Chip and Chop? Chip and Chop. Chip and Chop was all the rave during the Cheyenne Frontier days, <laughs> from what I hear. Heck yeah. Okay, explain that to me, because I, I wasn't there. I missed the whole thing. Yeah. She's getting shocked. I'll let you do the explaining. We were... And then uh, when you screw it up, she'll just interrupt and yeah. tell you what you're wrong about. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it was uh, Cheyenne Frontier Days, and we we were having a couple beverages after the PBR had left town, but we continued to wear our PBR credentials, hoping... hopefully. Hoping, Hoping. <laughs> excuse me, words are hard. <laughs> <laughs> we continued to wear our PBR credentials, hoping that we might be able to get some access into things that other folks might not necessarily get access into. Like well, back we were back kind of, we were at the beer tent and we ran into this couple, this super nice couple from Fort Worth, Texas. And they were telling us that they were going to the Miranda Lambert concert. They were committee members on the at the Fort Fort Worth uh, stock, stock show yeah. rodeo, yeah. which we went to when we were in Arlington, and they were awesome. The, Actually, well, you realize Fort Worth and Arlington are two different cities. 
Yeah, I so, realize that. Okay. I realize I, that. I just wanted to make sure. No, I realize that. <laughs> I appreciate that, Matt. You're welcome. Oh, we were in Arlington for the PBR Global Cup. Right. And which was a Saturday, Sunday event. So Friday, we went to Fort Worth. Paige pulled the trigger on some tickets. Luckily, because they sold out in a hurry. The last I had perf- to be up at like... The crack of dawn. The crack of dawn, like because 8 a.m. I had to get the tickets by 8 a.m. Like on the dot, 8 a.m. <laughs> like it's why? Why 8 a.m.? Because, because it was so it was low. the it was the very last oh. performance to take place in the Will Rogers Coliseum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On a on a Friday night. But I'm sure you've I'm sure you've competed there over the years. I did a lot of yeah. times. Yeah. But I never got the chance to get my program for three dollars. <laughs> It's just kind of a, that's kind of an inside joke. I, I noticed because you just looked at her and thought that was hysterical. While those of us li- listening have no clue. <laughs> well, we were why getting that's so funny because we were so we might have had a, we had a couple beverages at the trade show. I'd like to have some, beverages. and I got really I got the tighter chip convinced when she gets a couple beverages in her, she's a lot more likely to go and do some shopping. Yeah. So we went to the trade show there at Fort Worth and we got, we had a couple cold beers and Chip tried on some, some really outlandish stuff. And then she tried on some really cool stuff. Anyway, I convinced her to buy some stuff and she was shopping, whatever. But then anyway, we, we had a little buzz going, going into the rodeo at Fort Worth. And we, for some reason, found it really entertaining that the people selling programs Every they, single they every, their voice. every single one of them. Three dollars. It's like old school circus. It really was. Like, yeah. like you walked into a state exactly. fair and everybody's trying to sell you something. Exactly. We make fun on this podcast, we make fun of a lot of people that change their voices for like radio dial 107.9, you know? Or announcers, actually. Because that's I have a lot of friends that aren't in like rodeo or western sports or PBR, and they're like, let, let us hear your announcer voice. And I'm like, uh, okay. Um, well, that's the same voice I've been talking in like this whole time. Reminds me of my old broadcasting voice. Yeah. You're listening to Fighting Leatherneck Basketball on 88.3 The Dog, the Leatherneck Sports Network. Wait a minute. Fighting Leathernecks? Where were, the where fighting was that Leathernecks, at? Western Illinois, man. Western Illinois. Is that a real thing? Yeah, that's that's a real Division One college. So did you grow up? Did did you just throw a Division One? That's you a, that's drag a Division One college. You should probably do like the little chant that they do. They, there's a oh, chant? Oh, boy. He likes to do it all the time. I feel like he might have created the chant. No, it's a real chant. Like the the old college chant. W-E-S-T-E-R-N. Go Western. Oh my gosh. I feel like I'm ready to jump in the game right now. I feel like the whole, what sport would it be? Probably football. (laughs) That that, that was a He doesn't even know. That was a cheerleader chant, but honestly, the best team they had at Western was soccer. Were you a cheerleader? No, be honest. It took you a long time to answer that question, and and it's okay if you were a cheerleader. It's okay. No, I wasn't. I wasn't a cheerleader. He still hesitated. I did. Yeah. I did play by play for men's basketball yeah. on the radio. Yeah, and I did play by play for men's soccer on television. So that's like uh, a little conundrum. Um, it, Men's soccer, I don't think is a real thing. <laughs> Come on. Um, that was the best team they had, man. Hey, you want to know a little secret that nobody can ever know outside of our little circle here? Yeah. I guess it's a triangle since there's three of us. 
Uh, I had a full ride scholarship to be a college cheerleader. True story. No way. I swear. And my mom and dad are both going to listen to this podcast, and they were standing right there when I was offered a full ride scholarship to be a college cheerleader at NEO A&M in Miami, Oklahoma. Ask me how that went. How'd it go? I don't know because I judged horses instead. But seriously, when I went to enroll, like my first trip over there to enroll, um, it's like you guys are having a burp off. It's pretty awesome. Like one of turn in one way. Trying to do it off the it's, microphone. It's why it's fine. Trying you guys are slamming cold beers. I think I it, I love it. You're trying to do it. Off trying to be mic. polite and not. Try not to like breathe it on you. Well, see, I I feel like I feel like. Never well, mind. maybe Jake wasn't, but I, I was gonna definitely say, was. I wasn't. I really wasn't trying to. <laughs> I feel like I've been eating you. burps and sit down here. Uh, but anyways, no. I, I went to get. I went to get enrolled and look around. And everything walked into the bookstore to buy an NEO T shirt, and the head cheerleading coach is like, "Hey, uh, are you coming to school here?" And I was like, "Yep, next semester." Well, I'm gonna pay for your school, and I was like, "Really? I'm listening." And then she proceeded to tell me that she was gonna give me a full ride scholarship. Okay, I'm listening, just out of curiosity, because I already have a full ride. And so she tells me that she wants me to be a cheerleader, and I look at my dad with all this shame on my face, like, no, I, I would never do that. But now looking back, I might have made the wrong move. I probably should have been a cheerleader. Was it because they wanted you to wear the skirt? No, I mean, because I already had the skirt. But uh, <laughs> no, it was just at that time, it was like 19 years ago. It was just so different for me back then. I don't know. It was weird. It's not like what it's like now. Well, I mean, I don't know what it's like to be a male cheerleader now, but I'm a... Well, now they wear the way pants. more. Yeah, I mean... I feel like it's more accepting now, maybe. I don't know. I, f- I, feel, like, I feel like guys realize what that job entails, and they're like, yeah, hell yeah, sign me up. Well, what did it entail back in the day? Lift, <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't realize it. Now I look back, and it's like lifting up the female cheerleaders. Oh, sure, it's the same thing. Yeah, but it's, it's just a lot of work, I think. Wow. Too much work. What are you guys calling us now? No, uh, Are you a cheerleader? <laughs> why why no. is this turning against me? Hang on. I thought we were telling old rodeo stories anyways. <clears throat> okay, so after Fort Worth, where do you go after Fort Worth? After Arlington. Well, Arlington. After, after Fort Worth. Well, the thing, the, the story, I guess the story that we were getting after was that uh, we went to Arlington for the PBR Global Cup, which was, which was great. And, uh, and you weren't competing though. No, I was and no, that was, uh, that was the 2019 PBR Global Cup and uh, Team USA, Justin McBride did not ask me to compete, which I don't know why, you know, I've been out of the game for a while, but no, he did not ask me to compete. But we went to Fort Worth on Friday night, and the rodeo was absolutely awesome. You know, we, Paige and I will agree on it. We love what we do with the PBR and going to see the PBRs. And But every single weekend, as many PBRs as we do, you've got the, you know, the commercial breaks. This is stuff that pays the bills. And um, we went to Fort Worth for the rodeo, and it was bang, 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 yeah. bang, bang. They knocked old it all out. Rodeo. It was old school rodeo. That's what we said when we were there. Like, this is old school rodeo. It smells like funnel case and cholesterol, and yeah. it was incredible. And then, uh, but anyway, so Fort Worth was awesome. Well, we were at Cheyenne. We met uh, a family that they were on the rodeo committee at the Fort Worth rodeo, and we ended up having a really good time. And Again, we were we might have had a couple beverages, and that's 
that's when Chip and Chop was born because at one point, well, she likes to call me Pork Chop because I'm I'm a little portly. That is not why. <laughs> really? That Uh-oh. is no. That is not why at all. Well, then explain. Because he just started saying Tater Chip. Because I would tell her, I'd say, "Well, yeah, if that's what you want to do, let her rip Tater Chip." So then I said, right, because right. everybody says that. Yeah. Yeah. So then we have like our own like little <laughs> lingo, I think. So then all of a sudden I just said, okay, pork chop or something. And then it turned into chip and chop. Chip and chop was born at the Cheyenne Frontier at Cheyenne Days. Cheyenne Frontier Days. And it just so happened that we had the quote unquote creative juices flowing. So Which then. Means you were drunk? <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> Maybe a Well, anyway, (laughs) long story short, I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Well, then I was like, let's just try to get into Miranda Lambert. Because I was like, because I originally wanted to go to this concert, and Jake did not want to go to this concert. See, I figure as many times as you've competed at the Frontier Days in all of the events, I figured you'd be like grandfathered in where you just had like a badge or a buckle. That's where you, you just think it way. You yeah. think it'd be that way. They, they're sticklers. That's yeah. crazy. Too, too much so, turnover. And I was like, come on. I really want to go to this concert. He's like, no, I'm just not. No, I don't really feel like going. I didn't want to. I really didn't want to go see Miranda Lambert. I don't know why. I, I can tell point. you why. Because every girl that buys a Miranda Lambert album, that album comes with a pair of scissors to chop off a certain you you know, <laughs> like like everything she does hates men. You gotta listen to the rest of the story because we we got into the concert with our credentials, our PBR credentials. Two days after the PBR had left yeah. town, what we snuck in? We got in. I okay. I guess maybe not snuck, snuck, but I don't know. We got in and. We didn't have the greatest seats, but we were in the concert. I mean, that was a pretty big deal to me because I love Miranda Lambert. I mean, why why wouldn't you? Right. <laughs> and Jake ended up knowing more songs than I knew. I okay. Did. Every damn every damn, damn I hate it. I hate song it. and lyric. Every single one. I hate it because I have talked so much smack because the thing that I'm in right now, like that whole uh, she was on a podcast here a few episodes ago. You know what I'm talking about. She loves Miranda Lambert and is constantly like, hey, we're going to go to a concert. And I'm like, no. And then she'll play it on the radio. And then she'll be like, why are you singing? Yeah. I wasn't. I was just I was just showing you how stupid this is. <laughs> I have videos on my phone. Of- I do. Oh, can you hand those to me? Because I will yeah, put I them on my it. social media Every right now. Single. Because there is like proof that Jake is singing every song and lyric and i'm hey, just like trying. you know what in all honesty you can say you want it, you you'd be embarrassed to go see a certain concert or you're embarrassed to know certain lyrics but in all honesty give respect where respect is due she put on an incredible yeah. concert yeah, she, and she, the show that the show that she put on there in cheyenne and i'm sure everywhere she goes she, that was such a badass show honestly yeah, she was really good. I saw her at CMA Fest and uh, the big where the Titans play, the big stadium there, and uh, she was pretty energetic, pretty entertaining. Like, I don't always have to like, and I joke. Okay, let's let's be completely honest. Miranda Lambert's first two albums were so good. 
like it's just me and Charlie talking. Come on now. Who can't like bob their head and you know, let's be real. Um but it's the whole man hating type morph that these girls are doing now that just makes me want to like rip my skin off. You know, you say what you want. I don't I don't listen to much uh I guess female country, honestly. I listen to a lot of old country, but that song Calm Down by Taylor Swift, I'm not embarrassed to admit I like that song. I don't know song. what that is. I've never heard it. You don't want to hear it. I, you're exactly right. I don't. Do you because know he who sings it to me. Are? I don't care. Do you know what the Hot Country Nights are? No. Oh, my. You got to look them up on Instagram. Hot Country Nights with a K. It Dirks Bentley has started this 90s cover band where they all wear like wigs and old school like brush popper shirts and cut their sleeves off. It is the great big rhythm Doug is his name. Like it's the greatest thing ever cuz they they just cover old 90s and they act like kind of like we do on the road. Just complete morons. It's amazing. <laughs> it's like it everything out. I've if I had any musical talent whatsoever, I would have created the hot country. More so what I enjoy is your description of how we act on the road. Just like complete morons. Well, I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. Like think about the conversation we've hey, had since we sat down and started recording. No, let me ask you this. Do you remember we're watching the hot country <laughs> nights on Instagram? <laughs> they're trying to get their dance moves perfected and like slapping their booty at the right time it's just it's amazing it's amazing anyways what were you gonna say i was gonna say do you remember uh two years ago i had <laughs> <laughs> nope okay the answer is no i don't remember you breakfast. you might let me paint you a picture because i had i had recently just paint started me a birmingham okay it's burning ham. Burning ham. Okay, my bad. You always Sorry. mess the lyrics up to that song. I have it since kindergarten. Two years ago in Nampa, Idaho, we went to the rec center that was across the road from the interstate and we played basketball. Do you remember that? It was it was me and you and Jerome Robinson. Rest in peace, Ed Palma was there. Yeah. And there were a couple other folks that were over there. Do you remember going and playing think, basketball over there? I think this might have been where I elbowed Ed. All I know is, I don't know if I'll get in trouble for saying this. I might get in trouble for saying this. It's fine. Nobody I listens. Put, <laughs> come on. I put Jerome Robinson on a poster. Legendary bull riding producer Jerome Robinson. I put him on a poster. He tried to defend me at the top of the key. I told everyone to clear out. I said, clear out, clear out. I took Jerome Robinson. I took to the elbow, spin move. He stayed with me, took him to the rim, and stuffed one. My stuffed one, <laughs> did you have donuts in your bag? No. Or, what, okay, why are you me, laughing at or that? Or chili dogs. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. How old were you at the time? Uh, I think I was 25. 25. So two years ago, you'd have been 25. So that would have made you right in the prime of your rodeo career in 98, doing the math, carrying the three. Okay, you know, so... Hey, cut but this Jerome, part Jerome, out. Cut Jerome, this part out. Jerome, Jerome Robinson is how old? <laughs> Jerome? Yeah. If I had to, if I had to make my best guess, I'd say, I'd say Jerome's probably 71. He, I think he's in his early 70s. All right. Cut this part out. I, no, let's no, we're gonna be real. You want to explore now. this? We're gonna be real. So at twenty-five, 
to 69 at the time, 70, somewhere in there. I mean, that's something to be proud of. Crack another beer and let's tell another story. <laughs> I need another one. <laughs> she, she just looked. For, for those of you listening, she just looked at him and said, yeah, I'm going to need another beer for this. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to go on the little math lesson there, but it's all No, funny. that's okay. Hey, for people that don't know, Lo, in all seriousness, that was her cracking her beer so that she could put up with us. Um, for people that don't know, let's talk a little bit about like like the real Jake and Paige and like what you do. Like you're actually a huge part of the PBR's success, I think. Maybe. No, I mean, okay, but but like explain what you do. Well, my title is the Sponsorship Fulfillment Coordinator, and basically anything, the way I explain it to people is uh, that the PBR is maybe similar to NASCAR in that they'll stick a logo on dang near anything that they can that that's going to make it on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, so anything that people that watch on TV, anything that they see with a logo on it, I basically have my hand in putting it there. Um, aside from what the bull riders themselves have on their shirts, right. which is their own deal, but even the crew, the guys that pull gates, uh, the the safety man, the guy that ropes bulls in the arena, I have to take care of all their laundry. I do that kind of stuff. But um, and then other than that, it's the you know our partners that make sure these guys. The you know our bull riders make a lot of money. Our corporate partners they uh, you know they they buy. Cut this part. Can you, <laughs> can you cut it? I yeah, we can cut it. Okay. Paige just tracked me. I'm sorry. No, but our 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 corporate partners that buy you know that they have the setups on the concourse. Rather than uh, them hiring someone to hire to haul their stuff around, they buy a road case and that goes on my trailer and right. I haul all that stuff. So around. basically, you're in charge. Like anybody that's like a part of the sponsorship program for the PBR, you basically make sure that everything is in place in order to keep them happy. I mean, like it's a it's a very integral part of what we do in every city we go to. It's how they. It's how the PBR makes their money. Right. You know, people, people, companies pay the PBR money um, to have their logos represented, and I make sure that they're put, you know, put in front of a TV camera and they're they look good. And- but not just that, because like I feel like your biggest job in the PBR is to like make all of us happy, and and I mean that in a completely. Uh, like a huge pat on the back because like we don't ever see you in a bad mood. Like you, you literally make everybody smile. I, and she's looking away right now because probably because I but, don't always make her smile. No, I but try. that's part of it. So like the, the, the frustration, Hey, I'll be real. Everybody that watches me, whether it's in the arena or on Ride Pass, they see the Matt that's always happy, that loves what I do because I do genuinely love my job. But when I get home, unfortunately, there's a little bit of an asshole that pops out because of the stress of being on the road, the stress of being on all the time, of being so happy all the time that when you get behind closed doors, like unfortunately, it's the people that we love the most that get the brunt of our just trying to decompress does that make sense 
No, I hear you. I, but I think I that's with you. everything. I think anybody that goes to work all day and works a you know a nine to five or what have you, that's why so many people will go home at the end of the day and they'll you know they'll sit and they'll drink a case of beer or they'll you know have a couple glasses of wine or whatever the case. They've got to find a way to decompress because we're on the road so much. We do it different. So I mean, don't get me wrong. We still. We'll drink a case of beer every once in a while <laughs> to decompress. <laughs> no. Or for breakfast, no. whatever. It's well, fine. I don't know. I know it is a hard job, and the job that I do is not, I mean, it's really not that physically demanding of a job. It's not hard labor. It's just the mental side of it is yeah. being gone. I mean, it's probably sucks, dude. 20 to, you know, 220 days a year, I think, is what I figured out. That is what I'm away from home. And we have the luxury, you know, that we, you know, we're right now, we don't have any kids and we just, we have a small apartment that we live in. So we have the luxury of being able to afford for her to come and, and travel a lot with me. And I've told people before, if I didn't, if she couldn't travel with me, I probably wouldn't do this job because she's what keeps me sane. Right. And there's a lot of guys that are on our crew that I tip my hat to them because they don't have their family that travels with them. And you know, they've got kids and they they miss the birthdays and they miss the right. ball games and stuff like that. So, I tip my hat to those guys. We're pretty lucky that she can come with me a lot and uh you know, it makes it it makes it it makes it more manageable, more tolerable. And everybody that I talk to, they're like, oh my gosh, you got the greatest life ever. You travel all the time. You get to see all these places. Yes and no. We do get to travel a lot. We do have the greatest job ever. But there's a lot of times where you roll into a city, you see the hotel, the building, or maybe the building, then the hotel. You see the hotel again. You see the building. And then you see an airport or you see a truck. That's a good point. That's a in a cool part of it is we you know we have we have got to see some cool parts of the country and we've got to see places that we otherwise wouldn't see but if you have I didn't to make time if you have I to force yourself to make time you do and I mean even even going to Madison Square Garden that's a mm-hmm. that's a tourist place in itself people take tours of Madison Square Garden we get the we get the all access deal yep. and going in every single corner of Madison Square Garden. We've had some tough times trying to tour New York City. I think this is where Chip <laughs> wants to chime in. Yeah, oh yeah. Because we've tried touring New York City and each time it's gone badly. I think oh. we've learned like when we've tried to be tourists, it's very unsuccessful for us. Why so? Because the first year, at least well, it was your first year, I think, in New York. Oh yeah. That we yeah. went and um you guys had that big snowfall. They had a big, like, they had a big blizzard huge in New York snowfall. Yeah. And my flight was supposed to get there, I think Thursday night, and ended up getting canceled. And I got there Friday night, so I missed the first event Friday night. But then we wanted just to go explore Times Square and all right. that. Yeah. Oh my god! On Saturday, so we like stepped outside and we were all bundled up, like. Mm-hmm. bundled up and we started walking and it was like couldn't do it holy cow and this poor homeless guy i can't we can't not leave this homeless guy out because remember you had your gloves on and this homeless i brought you those gloves and this guy like came up to jake and was like dude 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 i 
can I ask you a question, man to man, and all this jazz and I don't want to get great detail. I think he wanted. I think he wanted money and his gloves. He wanted money. I think he wanted money to go buy himself a pair of gloves, and I just gave him my gloves. And I think he had a little bit of disappointment in his eye because he wanted money because more than gloves. Because they were just super thin roping gloves. Really? They weren't like super it was, thick that gloves. That was a, that, a hard time. That was like a different that. experience. Yeah. That was a different experience. But about that, about because I remember exactly what you're talking about because me and Cody Webster and, and Webster's wife Smash talk about this all the time and it's like the dreadful New York trip that yeah. we'll never forget because it was the most miserable cold. The snow wasn't coming out of the sky. It was coming out of the in front of you however that happens <laughs> yeah. and yeah. 100 miles an hour hitting exactly. you straight in the face and even if you had a mask or a scarf or whatever it would find ways to get into your eyeballs and yeah. just, it was miserable and then you like we tried going like kept walking and we ended up going into a coffee shop because our heads were so cold yeah. that it was just it hurt it was so cold there were, i think times, that was the extent of our trip to Times square was well then oh no the next the last year when we tried to play, play tourist again, it we literally so I went really wanted to go to the Rockefeller Center, right? And I was like, okay, we're gonna go. I ordered a Uber, everything, and we got to this spot where we were gonna get on our Uber, and it started downpouring rain, dumping rain, dumping rain, <laughs> and I was like, you're kidding. <laughs> And she so was we, like, get, we get in the Uber <laughs> comes and it's this tiny car, tiny car. Jake could barely fit in this car. At this he, point, we did not realize that we had signed up for Uber Pool at this oh point. Oh no! Yeah, it was not good. <laughs> I don't like people enough to be you know in the same building with yeah. them most of the time. Much so less there in the was same this car. Poor mom and little son in the back seat, and then. And of course, I got in the front seat, bad. passenger seat, yeah. and I slid my seat all the way back so I could have as much legroom as oh humanly possible. <laughs> <laughs> and we get to, they dropped us off like three blocks away from the Rockefeller Center, and it just starts raining harder and harder. And I felt bad because Jake had his nice felt hat there. And I didn't want to get wet either, I guess. I didn't have my hat condom on yeah. at right. that point. That's, a, that's so, a real thing, man. I was like, what do we do? And by this point, I was just like done with everything. I was like, let's just get a taxi and go back. We cannot play tourist anymore. We're done with New York. We're just done. Like New York City, it's such a weird place because like I've tried to be tourist too. And there's been a couple of times like I've been to the top of 30 Rock and it's beautiful. You can see so much on a clear day, but it has to be a clear day because if it's not, then you're just looking at clouds right in front of you. It makes no sense at all. But at the same time, as beautiful as some of the places are, I've also been just down the street from Madison Square Garden to get pizza in the middle of the night after a show, come out of the pizza place and had to walk around a guy that was peeing on the sidewalk. Yeah. Like just straight up in the middle of everything. How is that even possible? Well, that was kind of like us when we left. You were peeing on the sidewalk too? I figured. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well. So I rode out with Jake to from Colorado to New York and we got to the arena the morning of loading and jake unloaded his truck everything well then we unloaded all of our bags and you know me i have like 
a couple bags you because might have, might have overpacked just a scope. Yeah, I can't say anything. If you guys take a look behind you, there's two giant OGO. Or I didn't know what the weather bags. was. I was gonna be gone for like a week and a half. I was like, you have to plan for everything. You do. Mm-hmm. So we were walking back or to the hotel, and we come up, and these two guys were fighting, and Jake. I was in front of Jake with my suitcases and everything, and he was like, just go, just walk. And I was like, no, I can't. She didn't want to walk through the middle of the fight. She's been traumatized in her life. But Jake was like, it's okay. I mean, I- Like, just go. And I was like, then you go. Like, you go You wanted first. her to walk through the middle of a fight? Well, not necessarily through the middle. She could have walked around it. Oh, my. Or you could have just, like, said, here, follow me. And went I went over there in and there, just punched them all. Well, no, that's probably that's, some of your old rodeo buddies, anyways. Well, that's probably. what happened. I walked in there. I said, "Jerry, Clark, how you guys doing?" And I knew him. Save the day from back in the day. And I actually ended up he breaking it up. Saves the day. I ended up breaking it up. See, you just like a, a modern day hero. He is. He really you know, is. I want to tell you though that New York City, as as challenging as it may be. To go in there and deal with the traffic and deal with the people and deal with cultural differences from places that, you know, a lot of us grew up. You grew up in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. I grew up in rural Illinois. I know Paige grew up in rural Wisconsin. She grew up on a horse farm. Wait, rural Wisconsin? Rural Wisconsin. Basically, all of Wisconsin is rural, right? That's a good point. It's a good point, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, a lot of us that are with this company grew up in, in rural areas. Small town America. Yeah. And so I heard. I don't want to. I don't want to name drop on your podcast. You can. No, I don't want to name drop. I, I, it's another podcast. I, I listen to your podcast. I listen to Ted Stoven's yeah. podcast. Cowboy shit. Cowboy shit. I yep. love cowboy shit. Hey, look. I'm. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be completely honest because this is a big part of what I think is wrong with with a, a lot of our culture. Everybody's too self centered. Like I love the fact that now all of a sudden there's so many different podcasts in the western world you know you mentioned ted stoven up in canada matt Merritt has one justin rumford has rump chat you know there's i've been on so many of my friend jenna smeek has the horsepower podcast like there's so many and i think that like we all have to help each other you bet like I, i think we we need to be talking about you know hey i i listen to all of them i mean why would you not why would you not do stuff to support other people in our industry to make this whole industry grow shoot yeah Anyway, sorry, I got all my soapbox. No, no. So, so I listen to Anyways. I listen to Ted's podcast, Ted and Wacy. Mm-hmm. Who, if you haven't listened to the Bachelor episode, that was actually pretty entertaining. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but no, I listened to their podcast, and Ted was talking about I what it's like to walk through New York City with a cowboy hat on, and a lot of those people haven't experienced that. And I guess when I took this job a, a couple of years ago, that's what I was looking forward to a little bit mm-hmm. was being able to walk through an urban area like New York City, downtown Manhattan mm-hmm. with a cowboy hat on because those people aren't exposed to the Western way of life. They're not exposed to the cowboy way of life. Right. And I, I don't know. I just I think it's pretty cool, regardless of the challenges that you face when you go to that city or any large city. You know what I found though about New York City is I think that New Yorkers get a bad rap, and I'm not so sure that they deserve it. I think that it's just such a heavily populated area 
I mean, think about it like this, for instance, when we're at home or when we're in a town like Sioux Falls or somewhere that's not a huge, just overly populated city, you have time to make eye contact with everybody you pass on the street or on the sidewalk. And you you have time to say, hey, how's, you know, how's it going? How's your day? In New York, there's just so many people. I don't think people are being rude or being assholes. I think that it's just so heavily populated that you don't have time to speak to everybody the way you would where we all grew up. Sure. And because I will say this, the majority of people that I've been stopped by or actually had a chance to converse with in New York have been so freaking Very gracious. pleasant. Yeah. Very pleasant. And they want to know, you know, hey, what's up with the hat? And then when you tell them, nine times out of ten, they're like, oh, my gosh, that's so awesome. Can we get tickets? And then we're like, no, because we're sold out all exactly. three days. Exactly. Which is awesome. Hey, I don't I don't know if we can talk about this on here. Damn right we can. Let, I don't even know what you're talking about, but yeah. Okay. It's well, free for all. I just want yourself. <laughs> no, seriously, I want to I want to talk if if we can talk about anything. Let's talk about Los Angeles mm-hmm. because the Staples Center on what was that? A, that was a Friday Saturday event. Yeah. Saturday night we were sold out of the Staples Center. Yeah. And for anyone that's listening, the that's the place where the Lakers play. And uh, the uh, And the Los Angeles Clippers. Damn. That's pretty impressive to sell out yep. in downtown Los Angeles, and we had we had protesters that were outside, yep. and then shortly after our event, there was talks that we might not be able to go back there, right. which is really really unfortunate because there's a big there's a big draw in that area. Well, what's unfortunate is there were obviously thousands of people that wanted to see the show that these guys could put on that wanted to see this sport. And there's a couple hundred that have misguided ideology or complete ignorance and lack of education. And they ruin it for everybody. And that that's a problem with society in general, though. Like those things that we know that we actually know for a fact, like the fact that I was born a male there's people in the world that are trying to water that down and change it. No bullshit. I know I was born a I was born a male to grow up and be a man. You can't change that. It's science. Okay. There I go. I get on a soapbox. But my point being, like this sport is what it is. There are people that enjoy this sport. So why are these assholes trying to keep people from enjoying this? I don't like tennis as a spectator sport. But I'm not going to go stand in front of the gate at a tennis game and just start throwing tennis balls at people or start telling them, hey, I don't like your shorts. Well, that's also because you suck ass at tennis. I'm actually pretty good at tennis. <laughs> if you want to you want to get down to it, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go Instagram live at one of these events and play tennis, and I will kick your ass. You probably have more tennis skirts than I do. But Wait, what? Uh, I, you were the one that talked about skirts earlier when you wanted to be a cheerleader. No, I'm sorry. I, no, I, no. No. Anyway, so um, the one thing, like we do, we, we've got a lot in common, but you're a big Cardinals fan. That's absolutely right. Because they, they recruited you back in the day? Well, it was it was right around the same time I got my PRCA permit back right. in 97. Yeah. Um, they wanted me to go and, and catch for them. Well, it was weird because they... they they wanted me to go catch for them. They drafted me as a catcher, 
And but at this time, I could also pitch, mm-hmm. and I played center field, played a little bit of third base too, a little bit I of first. Know a lot about you. I know. I'm glad. He's pretty humble. You know, I just have to chime in quick because it's like all this stuff I'm learning about you. We're still. Does it a, does it make you love me more? Wait, how long have you guys been together? It'll be three years of spring. So 2016 ish. Is that April? right? 2015. Did um, I just put a, hey, did I you just know what? a sore spot like you guys don't know? No. We, oh. we no. she knows. But let me put the <laughs> <laughs> He thinks it's Easter, but it's not Easter. It's Easter Sunday. Okay. No, it's not. You know, I'm gonna put this out there. Paige and I should I put it out there? Oh, yeah, the yeah, absolutely. If, if if you know if you're about to drop what I think you're about to, because like, okay, so this you is something this is something that uh, you guys might remember uh, maybe the last episode of my podcast or a couple episodes ago, the the thing conversation about I how do. we met. And yes. it was, it, it was, we've talked about it so much since then because for me, it was so uncomfortable to say that like we actually started our conversation through Instagram DMs. And then like once we put it out there, we started talking. It's like, it's 2019. Like so many people meet on the internet. So many people meet in different ways. It's like everybody's got so much going on in life that like. Because Jake was like super embarrassed how we met. I swiped, but I don't. I, don't I swiped right. No, right. that's not what you said that's for not, the longest time. That's not what I told my parents. That, yeah. But the way we met, and he made was me, I swiped He right. tried to make me lie to his parents. Okay, so but I couldn't. Wait, what did you want him to think? Well, I told. I think I told my dad. No, you did not. Well, because my, it was in Wapolo, Iowa, that I had to share the news, oh, and yeah, I did yeah. not expect Paige, that. Paige told my dad at a PRCA rodeo in Wapolo, Iowa. That was were you first, entered? I was no, I no, was not okay, entered. Okay. I was not entered back then. <laughs> no, uh, Paige. Paige met my dad. I was working for a guy at the. PRCA Rodeo in Wapolo, Iowa. Shout out to the Wapolo FFA because they put on a really good pro rodeo. They really did. I met, uh, or that was when Paige met my dad for the first time. And I tried to tell Paige to tell my dad how we met, basically recreate the story that I had told him, which was that uh, we had met at a college rodeo in Ames, Iowa, and Paige was standing on the bar shotgunning a beer. And that's how we'd met. And I said, quote, that's. That's the girl I need to meet. And that was in no way how it happened. I just swiped right, and I didn't want my parents to know. know. I didn't want the, with all due respect, I didn't want the older generation to know that we had met on... In such a new form. Yeah. But I don't think your parents or the older generation were the only ones you didn't want to know. I think it was a lot of people that you didn't want to know. We're in the circle of trust, right? So... I've I've been crucified after that podcast by by good <laughs> friends that are like you lied to us and I'm like no I didn't lie to you yeah you did you said uh, that a mutual friend introduced you and I said no I absolutely did not say that my answer typically actually I would change the answer like every time somebody <laughs> would say well how'd you guys meet I had a different story every time <laughs> but the one thing that was consistent was well we have some mutual friends. If I say that, it's not my fault that you interpret it, change it, and add words that say, oh, we had some mutual friends that introduced us, and that's how we met. No. I simply made a blanket statement that we have some mutual friends, which is true. 
All right. Yeah, we met through Instagram, but we did have mutual friends. So you can't. We have use me no lying. mutual friends. We did. Well, me now. Well, yeah, you now. Okay, good. We didn't have any mutual friends. It was Tinder. But I think we it was. did. It was Tinder. And I don't think there's anything wrong with no. it. And look, because I'm exactly like Jake. And like the whole beginning of our relationship, I was the exact same way. Like, And I don't know what that is. I don't know why, but I, I felt like, I don't know, I just felt weird about people knowing that we met no i totally i i totally get it because when so when we first started talking i was living with my friend in iowa and i had tinder but then i deleted it but then i was it's okay you can crack beers like everybody knows that we're (laughs) yeah that, that you're drinking yeah but then i was like no i'm gonna delete this app because I don't want to meet my guy on Tinder. Like this is because dumb. you think it's all assholes that yeah. are just in there for one reason. Exactly. And for the most part, and she then was here right. comes Jake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. This big beautiful beast of a man. <laughs> yeah. Here he so is. Then I, she was like, "Just get it. Just re-download it and just try it again." Blah blah. blah. And I was like, "Fine, I'll do it." So I did. And then I saw this picture, and I'll never forget the picture. It was, it was me. I was marking out this bareback horse. No. Rank you have shit. a shirt on? Huh? No, I was shirtless. Horse I had a cigar swiped. hanging out of my mouth. It was bad. Which, that way, was, which way do you swipe to get to, to be the good you person? You have to swipe right. So swiping right is like a plus. Yes. She was swiping okay. right. But then you could do like the... Super like. She liked. super liked it. I don't because I, I had did my that. spurs up in the fat neck. <laughs> I really don't think I did that because the picture was him, and he was out in the field. I think next to a cow or something, or a couple cows, just kind of like petting on him. Maybe a puppy or yeah. a cat. Maybe yeah. a cat yeah. in a sweater vest. Yeah, I'm yeah. not really sure, but I just went with it. So I was like, "Oh, let's go with cat and sweater vest." <laughs> I like that actually. <laughs> so I swiped right. Of course. So, How could you resist? Right? So then I don't even know who started. I think he started messaging me first. I don't really know. But he ended up being the last person I talked to on Tinder. And then I And I can it. gladly say the same. She was the last person I talked to on Tinder too. I can gladly say that too. But not Bumble or no, what's the I other never, one? So I'm just kidding. I I'm kidding. I'm no. kidding. No. Lots of fish I'm or kidding. whatever. Yeah. yeah, I don't fish know. in the sea. No. So then we started, I don't know, texting or calling. But me, I just FaceTiming. Yeah. yeah. A lot. I remember sitting in class and he would call me all the time. Like all the time. And it was like Jake, I mean, well, he, was, he was on that, you know, 4th of July run in between rodeos. Well, wait, like, you got that, some time to kill. I missed a little bit. Driving part from of it. Cheyenne to Mesquite. <laughs> yeah. You got some right? time to kill. Some windshield time. <laughs> I missed that before his little rodeo actions. Um, he did actually, we texted for a while, and then he kind of just like, I asked him a question and he blindsided me and he quit replying. Wait, what? For like two days. Okay, now he even looks confused. And then, no, oh I no, know, no, no, why. he's not confused. Oh, he's mad. He's no, frustrated. I'm not mad. I'm not frustrated. So then all of a sudden, I get a phone call from him and I answered because I was like, because I just kind of thought, like, oh, another guy, whatever. 
in the dust. Because she had a bunch of them back then. <laughs> and then I was, but then meanwhile, I kind of was like, I'm going to friend zone this guy. Completely friend zone him. Well, then he finally called me back. Wait a minute. Back. She just proved a theory that all of us guys have had our entire <laughs> lives. Like, that's an actual thing. They decide when you get thrown to the friend zone. Yeah, like I, I'm i not going to lie about it. I thought all the way up until I actually physically met Jake, I thought I was going to friend zone him. You looked in those eyes and you realized that it, was it wasn't the eyes. It was the dicky shorts that he pulled out. I didn't know where you were going <laughs> with that for a minute, but I'm glad it was the shorts. Okay. Anyways. So he Can I inter- I want to interject for one second. Please because do. at the time, I was driving this piece of shit 2003 Dodge Intrepid that didn't have any brakes and it didn't have any air condition. So I asked my boss at the time if I could drive his pickup. Well, we did... To- before you tell the story, we I we have to say that we did talk for like two months we before did. We, we actually... Did, we did talk for a long time. And when I finally got to go and meet Paige, uh, I asked my boss if I could drive his pickup because I was driving a piece of shit beater. And I drove... Uh, he, he had like a... What was that? 2016? He had like a 16 Dodge Ram badass dually. And I pulled up in her driveway and she was sold right there with the pickup truck. He called then I me right out. before he showed up. He said, now, don't get excited when I show up in a pickup truck because I couldn't drive my car. I know, but then I got out of the pickup and I had the Dickie shorts on. Mm, nailed it. And that was what it was. Sealed the deal. Well, actually, he gets out of the pickup truck and I meet him at the front door and he comes up to me. After about two months of talking, he comes up to the door and he greets me with, pulls out a hand and goes, hi, I'm Jake. And Straight gives me a handshake. handshake. Yeah. So he friend zoned you before you could friend zone him. I friend zoned you. Well, he ended up staying the weekend, so. <laughs> hey, let's. Defense denied. Come on now. We'll get we'll get off of this because I don't want to bore you with our how we met story. But I will say why you've been boring us with it for twelve minutes now. No, I know, but I, I will say the moment that I really knew that Paige was the one for me was that there was a there was a Casey's gas station, and for anyone that ever grew up in the Midwest, they're known for pizza. They, they Casey's and I is was known for pizza. In a really, really, really small town. Paige was living in Nora Springs, Iowa. And there was a Casey's right down the street from her house. So it was Sunday, and we went over to we went over to Casey's and uh, got a couple slices of pizza. And Paige got a slice of sausage pizza, and she got a bottle of Coca Cola. And then we went back to her house, and she ate her pizza, whatever, and she was drinking her Coke, and let out God's honest truth, the nastiest loudest sausage pizza burp i've ever heard in my entire wow, you could, life like say that with no. a little more pleasantness no <laughs> the most repulsive nastiest sausage a girl's pizza do burp what a girl's got to do and, and she just in. and she just looked at me like oh my gosh did i actually just do that and i looked at her like yeah girl it was a yeah, moment like did. i hear you it was more like a moment like <laughs> We had known each other forever, and it just slipped out. And then once I did it, I was like, 
Oh my god, I did not. I just feel like do you guys that. literally just wrote your wedding vows on my podcast. <laughs> like the moment you let out that sausage pizza burp, I knew you were the one. It was pretty awesome. I'm gonna like, officiate your wedding. That was we're gonna do it a live podcast. I would love that, <laughs> but Jake has to get down on one knee for that to happen. Well, sorry to bring up a bad subject, but anyway, so back to baseball. <laughs> Our Cardinals, unfortunately, got beat four games. Yeah, they got waxed. Hey, so we were talking about your job earlier and what what you actually do for the PBR, but like you have a broadcasting background. Yeah, that's right. So why? Why are you not with me every week on a microphone? Why are you not pursuing that? Is it? I mean, help me understand, man. Probably. And uh, hand her a beer because she's empty. <laughs> Probably a well, you know, I don't, I don't know because um, I there's a guy that I'll I'll give him credit if he listens to this, which I hope he does. There's a guy named James James Taylor. Ironically, his name's James Taylor. That uh, he works for WRMJ Alito, Illinois, one hundred two point three, and he broadcasts uh, small school sports. Basketball. Oh, so he, football. he hasn't seen fire and seen rain. It's different James no, Taylor. No, different okay. James okay. Taylor. Sorry. Jim thought- Taylor, a.k.a. Uh, JT, gotcha. and he's awesome. He's yeah. in our local area in Western Illinois where I grew up. Jim is a legend and he's awesome. And that's why I wanted to go into broadcasting. And up until my senior year of high school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I wanted to go to I really I wanted to go to college on a baseball scholarship and I didn't know what I was gonna do and until I realized I wasn't really that good at baseball. <laughs> and then uh I went to a, a college visit to Western Illinois and um it was to their broadcasting department. I went with my high school media class. And so that's kind of when I decided what I wanted to do and I wanted to call baseball and uh you know, in basketball, but then I realized it, unless you're solidified in with a local station, mm-hmm. you're you're really you know you're their guy for a number of years. Yeah. You really can't do too well for yourself. It's the good and the bad of the position because depending on what route you take, obviously, you know it's it's different in a lot of avenues. But like in radio, for the most part, I think if if you lock into a position. People grow accustomed to hearing your voice. Sure. Like, like Cardinals, you know, it, it was Jack Buck forever. You know, when my great-grandpa was listening to Cardinal games every day on the radio, it was Jack Buck calling them, and that voice was synonymous for the Dodgers. It was Vin Scully. Now who, it's John Rooney for the Cardinals, who right, does an absolutely right. phenomenal job. As long as it's not Joe Buck, I don't care <laughs> if it's Big Bird. I hear you. I can't stand that guy. I hear you. Um, But – Neither here nor there, but it, anyways. So, but, uh, you know, I I wanted to do broadcasting, but I realized at the time that there wasn't a great living in that, and I was working for a cattle company in western Illinois, and I managed a feedlot. It was about a 1,000 head feedlot, and I'd worked for a, a PRCA rodeo company when I was in college, and, uh, you know, when I, I got... I how you did all of this... And maintained a rodeo schedule good enough to put you all the way up in the top 78. It was hard. Yeah. To be 78th back in 98, yeah, it was tough, especially considering I graduated from college in 2015. It's a good thing that you didn't know Paige back then because you wouldn't have had time for her. I know. 
No, I would I'd have made time. Well, someone yeah. as good looking as she is, right. I would have made time. Right. Brown knee points. slapper, she says. Come on. So, but uh, no, I I worked for uh, the rodeo company when I was on my summer break in college, and worked for a cattle company while I was in school. And when I got done with college, I I don't know. I took a I took a I lost a little bit of money to leave this cattle company. This guy that I worked for in Illinois was awful good to me and paid me a good bit of money to manage this feedlot that he had. But I loved going to rodeo and I loved the travel. Um, so I I left the cattle company and I went and worked for a pro rodeo stock contractor and it didn't pay the greatest, but I had a lot of fun. And that's where I met Paige, so it obviously paid off. But that's where the value is, and that's there's a lot of things happening right now in my life where I am about to practice what I preach because I always tell everybody like it's it's far more valuable to have great quality of life and truly enjoy what you're doing and be happy because if you're just making a lot of money and working for people that you don't necessarily enjoy working for or with or any of that stuff, like it's not worth it. Like if it's not, if it's not genuinely making you happy, then it's time to move to something different. And I don't care what that is. If that's a relationship, if that's a, a job, if that's a career path, if it's not genuinely making you happy at the end of the day, screw that shit, leave it in the past. It's time to move on. I hear you. I hear you. Um, and, and I know that's easier said than done, but it is easier said than done, and it's a big leap to do something. But if you're not going to bet on yourself, and if you don't, if you don't believe in yourself to bounce back and take care of yourself, then you are a weak-hearted shit. I mean, honestly, like, like who's going to take care of you? You. I hear. Period. You. If if the job that you're in right now isn't there tomorrow, what do you do? You don't just sit around and mope about it. You go find a way to move forward period end of story i mean at least that's the way i always figured it out so anyways again soapbox it happens everyone it happens a lot <laughs> lately the older i get the more cranky i am just ask people that are with me every week um there was one other thing i wanted to talk to you about and now it slipped my mind i know that we're going to talk um about your creativity because you brought some super super ideas to the table for our world finals videos and all that stuff. Like you've got a, he's got a really, really creative mind. He really does. And it makes me mad that he doesn't use it more. Well, that's the kind of stuff that I did in college was writing, creative writing mm-hmm. and doing stuff for TV and doing stuff for radio. And when I was a kid, like we had uh, the area I grew up in Western Illinois, we had minor league baseball, we had minor league hockey. The stuff that I always enjoyed was their team intros that they did. And so when I was growing up going to PBRs, you know, I used I used to go to uh, St. Louis PBR when I was a kid. My dad would take me there. The intros was the stuff that gets me fired up because that's people. That's the stuff that gives people butterflies. Sets you know, the tone for everything. Is is watching those intros and stuff. So I remember being a kid, and this is a true story. I don't think Paige has heard this. This is a true story. Being a kid on the playground, when we'd go play football, we used to have one of those tunnels on the jungle gym, and it would echo through the jungle gym, and I'd be the one that would announce it and say, "Uh, I'm playing fullback and quarterback and through the jungle gym, through the tunnel, because it was echo, and I'd be the one that do the intros. We'd go out and play recess football. 
that was the stuff that gets me jacked up. Yeah. So I know how to I know how to write that stuff, and I think I I feel like I know what gets me fired up. Right. So I like to write that kind of stuff. But we were at the you know we were at a production meeting before one of the PBRs, and Clint Atkins, great announcer, was talking about an intro idea he had, and I heard his, and with all due respect to his, I thought. That sucks. I, I can. I. I didn't know it happens. I, I didn't think it sucked. I thought it was a really good idea. But I thought if that's what one of the guys on our production team is coming up with, I think I can write something that's yeah. that's going to compete with something like that. So I wrote something that night, and I sent it to Clint, and he was like, "Holy shit, man! That's that's awesome." So Clint invited me to a meeting, and we went to a. I went to a meeting. In uh, Little Rock, Arkansas, I went to one of the World Finals planning meetings, one of the first ones for this year. And uh, Flint, who has been good friends to Paige and I, he's been really, really good to us. Mm -hmm. He was like, man, this is great. And he goes, he tells our producer, Dan Hickman, he goes, you know, Jake's got a background in broadcasting, right? And Mark Stevenson, who's the obviously he's the music guy, does an awesome job. Mark goes... You got a background in broadcasting and you're driving a truck. And then, you know, at the time I was like, yeah, yeah. But in my head, I'm thinking, well, shit, I had to do something to get my foot in the door somewhere with this right. company. Right. Um, so I guess that's when, you know, that's, that's a goal. It's something to look forward to, to move forward to is writing this kind of stuff and being a part of the creative team. And as far as right now, I'll drive a truck and but hang know, the signs and. Honest, honest to God. Secret between say it, say it, say it again. Or being an announcer. Okay, what were you gonna say? Well, the secret between the three of us is I actually like driving a truck. I really don't mind driving a truck, and I actually really enjoy it. So me and Bates had that same conversation uh, because we drove from his house in Utah to Nampa, Idaho, and it took about five hours. And he hates it. Five hours behind the steering wheel, and he's miserable. I love it. If it's within 10 hours of my house, I'm I'm behind the wheel. I, there's something about driving, being on the road where I can pretend I don't have service on my cell phone if I want to, or I can throw on a podcast, or I can catch up on phone calls, or I can just see parts of the world that I never would have seen before. I drove to Green Bay. It was like nine hours to my, or 11 or something like that. I don't remember. But I left Green Bay. And went to Wrigley Field and watched the Cubs play at Wrigley Field, which I never would have been able to do had I not went on that road trip. Coming home, I saw the gymnasium where they recorded the movie Hoosiers. I never would have seen that had I not been driving down some random highway in Indiana and noticed a sign on the side of the road because I wouldn't have looked for that. But I got to see it and I was like, holy shit, that's something I'll never forget the rest of my life. It's just Cool. You know what? And I appreciate what you're saying and I respect what you're saying. But on this podcast, I need to get at least one F bomb down. Go so, for it. So if you're driving, you know, I, I love driving. I love driving the trucks from event to event. But if you drive 41 hours from Greensboro, North Carolina to Nampa, Idaho, I don't give a flying fuck how much you love driving. <laughs> you're going to hate it by the end of that. You're exactly trip. <laughs> right, man. You're exactly right. I think that's with anything though. Like, like you might love baseball, but if baseball's your job, you look at baseball different. I guarantee it. That's just the, the way of the world. Speaking of baseball, why were we talking about the quad cities earlier? Are, we, were we were talking, talking about, about 
because uh, there was a there was someone you knew that was from Davenport, Iowa. Well, wrestler. Seth Rollins is from Davenport, Iowa. Yeah. But my question, like, I don't remember why we started talking about Davenport, Iowa. We were talking about I grew the Quad up, Cities. I grew up south of the Quad Cities. I said I grew up. I grew up going to. Uh, I grew up going to a, uh, the world's toughest rodeo in Moline, yeah. Illinois. Yeah, Moline. And I can't leave this podcast without saying, grew up going to the to an IPRA rodeo in New Windsor, Illinois. Yeah. Yeah. Because I have to give them credit because I never miss that rodeo. Is that the one? Isn't that the one where they just build an arena in the middle of a field once a year? Essentially. Although it's a it's a permanent arena, okay. No, it's a permanent arena, but it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere. It, it it's in a it's in the town of New Windsor, Illinois, which I can't with any certainty say what the population is in New Windsor. Right. But there is a town, there is a sign on your way into town that says uh, New Windsor, Illinois, home of the New Windsor Rodeo, the biggest little rodeo in the Midwest, mm-hmm. and that's a that's a Kevin Hampton rodeo, and I grew up going to that rodeo every single year. And it was actually funny because last weekend I was talking to uh, Bobby Dykes, a guy that's on the on the arena crew. He drives a truck and uh, he fought bulls for a long time before he started working for the PBR. And he fought bulls. There's a barrel man named John Hayden, and I can't remember where John Hayden is from, but there's a barrel man that he worked with named John Hayden. And John Hayden, for the longest time when I was growing up, he was the barrel man at that rodeo there in New Windsor. And I don't know. Long story short, I guess to make it a roundabout deal, it's kind of cool. The people that you meet in this line yeah. of work that have met people and worked with people that you grew up watching. And what's funny about that is, and me and Dirt Eater talk about this, you know, quite a bit. But when we started, we all kind of started in this little. It was an organization called the National Junior Bull Riders Association. And the first time I ever picked up a microphone, it was about a mile from my parents' house. Um, this little arena in Delaware, Oklahoma. And through the course of announcing those events is where I got to know Ryan Dirt Eater. It's where I got to know Mason Lowe. It's where I got to know Skeeter King Soliver. LJ Jenkins, the first time I met him, was there. Um, you know, And then ultimately, there were so many that, that I met through events under that organization, but like at their national finals in Shawnee and things like that. So it's something that we always talked about was the fact that me, Mason Lowe and Ryan Dirt Eater all went from this little bitty practice pin in Oklahoma. And we ended up here at the major league all at the same time together. And it was something that, I mean, still me and dirt were talking about it the other day. He come to the gym. We were talking, man, it's just crazy how things work. But to your point, all those people that you know from these smaller rodeos, when you can go places with them through different paths in life and end up in the same place, makes it even more special. It's awesome. It really is. Um, well, the big thing about it was that's the first place I ever threw out a first pitch. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And the uh, minor league team is the Quad, Quad Cities City River Bandits. River Bandits. There's a big Ferris wheel out in left field. Modern Woodman Park, formerly John O'Donnell Stadium. Boom. Beautiful park. Roasted. It is awesome. Overlooks the uh, the Mississippi River and the Centennial Bridge. It's beautiful. It really yeah. is. I think they wanted to recruit me to pitch, but I think they were embarrassed to ask. I don't know. I, that might not be accurate. But maybe whatever. your name would have been Jake Mulberg, maybe. It could have been. Hey, speaking of, speaking of your name, <laughs> tell people how they can find you on social media. Because 
you know, go ahead. Tell them how we can find you on social media. Social media. I guess at, that's like Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, that kind of stuff. Oh, is that right? You never yeah. did finish the story about Royce. Oh boy. Maybe should, let's save that for the end. <laughs> let's save oh, that. Okay. Let's okay. Save okay. that for the end because I want you to talk about social media because there was a really big announcement that, that you made this week. So tell everybody how to follow. <laughs> it's, I guess on Twitter it'd be at DJ Berg. What? DJ B U R G. Not on Instagram. Wait, is that really your Twitter handle? DJ Berg? Yeah. Snapchat I've been following too. you for how long? And no, I, my, no I think idea. my Snapchat is at Cats Meow with yes. three E's in the yes, meow. Yes, it is. I forgot. How could, yeah. how could I forget How could that? you forget? Okay, so hey, anyways, nobody told you. Nobody told you when you started your Snapchat that you weren't going to be able to change your username. You used to be able to. Well, since I've started my Snapchat, because I was probably late on the times, you can't change your username. That and just one. as a smartass, I think I was in college. I I started as at cats meow. Right, Free. makes sense. And then when we started talking, I, I looked at that and I was just like... What is wrong with this guy? Here's a typical guy. <laughs> typical guy. Here we go. Okay, so uh, the big announcement that you made on Twitter... Oh man! Yeah, I kind of want to hear this too. Well, she probably already knows. I see. I. This is honest to goodness true. I have respect for guys like Andy Watson, who's a really good friend, mm-hmm. and Adam Libby, who's a good buddy of mine that works for Shorty, and he he helps Shorty with a lot of his American freestyle bullfights. I have a lot of respect for the guys that put on those tour and pro events. Right. And so I've suggested, you know, they they have their events. Andy's got PBR Big Sky, and I think Adam does, like, PBR um, – help me out. What does Adam do? I'm trying to PB, De- Does he do Dead, Deadwood? Deadwood, yeah. yeah. So I've, I've thought about, like, PBR Gary, Indiana. Right, yep. Or uh, PBR – Big market. Memphis, perhaps. Right. <laughs> but my big announcement Maybe was West that, Memphis was that Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, yeah. will be a big stop on my 2028 um, Mulberg Fireworks. Uh, do you have it pulled up? Uh, it's it's my it's my Mulberg Firework Fireworks. Here, let me just pull it up. I'll read it. I'll, I'll work on it because I'm trying to get the. Uh, Can I brace myself for all of this? Yeah, I want you to. The only the only reason I'm going to read this is because I'm trying out for the commercial voice. All right. Well, it's looking good so far. Here we go. Molberg Fireworks All Nations Involved Freestyle Bull Riding and Fighting Series Tour Challenge Shootout is proud to announce Coeur d'Alene as one of the 2020 Series Tour Challenge stops. Website coming soon. Well, that's I, amazing. You know. <laughs> Can I just say, in the words of Jake Moberg, oh dear God. Oh dear goodness. I uh, think that kind of stems from when we were at the can we were at uh PBR in Kansas City this year, and Paige went three for three at the Kansas City invitational frontier day stampede by invite only on the mechanical bull at the pbr rock bar or at the pbr bar in kansas city and that was the first annual event that was a jake 
Mulberg Invitational. I'm yeah, was, pretty was, sure. I'm pretty sure it was a Jake Mulberg Frontier Day Stampede Invitational by invite only challenge. I don't even. They're at the PBR you bar. Don't need to know. know the rest you of that really story. I do need to know, know the rest of the other story. Though. You can watch the videos on Facebook Live <laughs> oh. on Jake Mulberg. No, page. I re- I I respect the guys that put on those touring pro events. And I think they're big, obviously they're a big part of the PBR because there's valuable points up for grabs. And absolutely, honestly, let me, I'm going to be honest it back when I was a, back when I worked for a PRCA contractor, I thought that the, the PRCA was the cat's ass. And that's the guy that was the guy that won the world at the NFR. I thought that's the guy that was a world champion, but after working, starting to work for the PBR, I realized these are the best bulls in the world, hands down. And I used to say, you know, they, you know, if these PRCA guys, if they could go to a hotel and stay for three days, they could rest up and they could ride these bulls and so on and so forth. These are the best bulls in the world. And the travel is just as grueling as it is in the PRCA, honestly. So, when I started working this job, I got an understanding and an appreciation for how hard it is to be successful yeah. in the PBR. And well, just the toll it takes on your body. 100%. But uh, but I have an appreciation for those guys that put on the touring pro events, and I realize how important that they are. So, But I want you to finish the story. You know what? I don't Finish the story for me, because I don't even remember what I said that night in Fairfax. So... We were having a couple of brewskis in Fairfax at the bar, and Jake got on the story of Royce. Right. Royce. McGibbons. McGibbons. His traveling partner. Legendary figure in Rome. Yeah. Yeah. So, it was like me, Jake, Cody Webster. Mason Taylor was there. I think Cole Baba. Cole was Baba there. was there. Are you sure Taylor was there? I don't know. I don't think I don't, it matters. I really don't. Okay. I feel like it doesn't. I don't know. So I'm pretty sure it was just Webster and Cole Baba were there, and Jake was like going on and on and on about Royce, his traveling partner. Well, Jake ended up going up to the bar and to get some more drinks for all of us because he's such a nice guy. And I told Derek and Cody, I said, I guarantee you he is talking to that guy right now, telling him to play Royce, his traveling partner. (laughs) So you guys will, he'll come back and Jake's going to tell them that this is Royce, blah, blah, blah. He's my traveling partner from this rodeo, blah, 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 blah. Well, sure enough. Jake comes up and he's like, hey, Cody, this is Royce. Kobaba, this is Royce. And I was just like, (laughs) they looked at me and I looked at them and I was like, I told you so. And And he was. And that dude played the role. He played the role. He did a really good job. And (laughs) it was really embarrassing. I'm pretty sure I offered him tickets for the next day's event and I didn't follow through with that. The moral of the story (laughs) is that we can... All only hope that one day in our life, we too could be Royce McGibbons. Yes.